0: Welcome to the Brand Design Masters podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build the skills you need to design bulletproof brands for yourself, your business, and for the clients and customers you serve. And now, here's Philip. The following podcast comes from a live stream I did recently. Many of you have requested that I make my live streams available as audio so you can listen to them on the go. So I am now republishing some of my most popular live streams as podcasts to make that possible. I share a boatload of valuable tips, tools, methods, and processes on my live streams, and I want to make sure that you don't miss a thing. Now, you may hear me make references to slide visuals, which you obviously can't see on a podcast, or to live stream viewers' comments and questions. But that just comes with the territory and generally won't detract from the value of the content, I assure you. And as always, if you like this episode, please take a moment to provide a star rating or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Or better yet, share the episode on social or with a friend or a colleague. And with that, let's jump into the episode. Hello, everybody. So today we are going to talk about how to build an audience and how to build an audience from scratch. And I know how to build an audience from scratch because I did it myself starting about four and a half years ago. And I'm going to tell you what I did, but also some of the tricks and techniques and things that you got to pay attention to when you are building an audience. Anyone who knows any of my history knew that I spent 25 years in big corporate, big agency. And then about five years ago, I left my last big corporate gig and I started my own agency. And after that 25 years, what did I have to show for an audience? I had nothing. I had a nice LinkedIn profile. I had a nice resume. I had never published any content, you know, I'd spoken, stuff like that. I'd worked on amazing brands, you know, amazing projects, but I didn't have anyone following me apart from some LinkedIn connections. I didn't tweet, I didn't write, I didn't do videos, I didn't do podcasts, I didn't do anything. I had no nothing. I had a black and white, like four page website picture of me, a little bio paragraph, some portfolio slides, rudimentary portfolio slideshow. That was it. And so when I went off on my own, I knew that I had to build an audience because I'd started an agency. I wanted an audience because I wanted clients. I had heard about content marketing and that it's a great way to draw clients to you. There's two kinds of way to get clients. One advertising put it out there pay for it it's a promotional activity where you are paying to promote and put yourself in front of other people then there is attraction content marketing which is a magnetic process where you are putting things of value out into the world and you are drawing people to you why did i choose to do content marketing over advertising one advertising costs money two content marketing is it's fun because I've always liked writing. I've always liked developing. been a musician my whole life. I like audio. I like video. I like photography. I've always been a good writer. So I thought content would be a great way to get clients because I'm an introvert, believe it or not, and I hate outreach. I hate cold calling. I hate pitching people cold. I hate sending them emails and saying, hey, I'm out here. I'm doing this. Do you know of anybody? Are you interested? Blah, 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 blah getting on the phone, doing the actual cold call, hate it. I decided that if I can put out enough content and share enough really valuable stuff, I can draw people to me. I can get clients without having to do that. So that's why I decided I needed to build an audience. And over the last four years, I have been very successful in building an audience. I have 194,000 YouTube subscribers, an email list that was 15,000, cut it down to 7,500, because there was a lot of dead wood there. Got a Facebook group with 300 people in a week, 1400 followers on LinkedIn, 2900 connections, Twitter, Instagram, the whole thing. My followers on those aren't so big. Anyway, but I got an audience. I've been able to do it and I wanted to share with you the process of doing that. So how do you do it? I did it because I knew valuable stuff. I knew stuff. I knew stuff about design, branding, business, career, creative professional stuff, creative professional growth stuff. And I shared it freely with the public. No expectation of return. I had a hope of return, but no absolute expectation of that. So this is what I did. I shared it with the public. First of all, You need to know your why. Why do you want an audience? What is your motivation for having an audience? Do you want new clients? Do you want to build your network? Do you want to sell a course? Do you want to sell books? Do you want to draw partners to you? Do you want to get appearances on podcasts or video interviews? Do you want to be asked to speak at conferences? What is it that you want an audience for? What is your motivation? Because Your motivation and what you want an audience for directs how you're going to get that audience and what you're going to say to them as they start to pay attention to you. So what do you have to give them? When you decide on what your motivation is, you have to look inside yourself and say, okay, what do I have that's of value? What do I have that's of value to give people? And that closely aligns with who your audience is. So who is the audience that's going to be interested in what you know? What problem of theirs are you solving? You have to be really clear about that because the problem that you're solving is going to determine the content that you share and what you tell or show to your audience. Also, knowing your who, knowing who your audience is, also directs where they are. And I'm going to give you an example. This is just off the top of my head. Okay, let's say that you specialize in photography for plumbers. And where do the plumbers hang out who need photography? Are you going to go to Pinterest? Is that where the plumbers hang out? Probably not. That's where women hang out who want to make salads and mason jars. What you want to do is locate where your population hangs out. If you want to get in touch with COOs or CFOs, where are you going to find them? Are you going to find them on Instagram? Probably not. Are you going to find them on LinkedIn, inside of executive groups? Yeah, very possibly. You have to think about who it is that you want to contact, who you want to get in front of, and where they are going to be. The other key thing is you have to know what it is that you want them to do. So after you start getting together what you know, what you can share of value, who you're going to share it with, who your audience is, your proposed audience is going to be, What is it that you're going to be driving them to do with this content? Because that also affects the content that you're developing. What's the first thing you got to do? The first thing is you got to get a platform. The number one goal of building an audience, the number one thing you have to do is you have to be visible. To build an audience, you got to get on stage. You have to put yourself out there. You have to choose a platform, first of all. There's Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Medium, YouTube, Instagram, go on down the line. But you have to remember that those are platforms. It isn't your platform. It's somebody else's platform. Yes, we all need to start there because that's where everybody is. That's where the big audiences are. But you also have to keep in mind, and you you guys in the Facebook group and who've been following my lives and YouTube videos for a while know that I beat this drum a lot, which is that You don't want to build your brand entirely on borrowed land. You want to get on stage in those places, but you want to drive people to something that you own, and that is a website. Hopefully, your website, it could also be a more generalized platform. And your goal is you want to build your own and you want to drive people there, ultimately. It could be an email list. It doesn't actually have to be a website. You could be driving people to a landing page to sign up for your email list and then you have them in your email list and your email is your platform. Could be your YouTube channel is your platform. You're getting people from one place to another. The next thing you gotta do is you gotta find your voice. What is it that you wanna say and how do you wanna say it? What is your point of view? Yes, you can have things to share, But there may be, and there are, I guarantee you, a lot of people sharing that thing that you share. You're not the first one to share it. But different is better than better. You can strive to be better. That's a goal. But different is differentiating, and it's better than better in a lot of cases because what that does is it makes you rise like cream to the top of the milk. It makes you recognizable. And in order to differentiate yourself, you have to have a point of view. This is one of the things, and there's a lot of scary things in building an audience. Because you are exposing yourself, you are putting yourself on a stage, and you are developing and putting out there a point of view. Whenever you have a point of view, whenever you express a point of view about anything, someone out there will have the opposite point of view some troll out there will take issue with it, someone will want to flame you, whatever that is. If you take a stand, you expose yourself to criticism. But in order to differentiate yourself, to be different, you have to take your own stand. You have to have a point of view. You have to establish some sort of soapbox for yourself that you can stand for. Once you get that, your feet under that idea, you also want to think about your tone of voice. Do you come across as smart and snarky? Do you come across as jovial and funny? Do you come across as serious and professorial? What is your tone of voice? How do you communicate? Think about your tone of voice. And then as you think about what it is that you're sharing, what value it is that you're sharing, you want to think about how you niche that down. Here's an example. Say you're an expert in cars. You want to have an audience who are interested in cars. That's a pretty broad subject. Hugely broad subject. But let's say you need to shut down and you say, I'm going to be an expert in custom lighting and high performance streetcars. I'm going to use this example before in videos. You might have heard it. But that is a niche topic. And I have a a pro bono client I've worked with who actually does that. He's an expert in custom lighting for high-performance streetcars. And he's amazing at it. And he does incredible content about it. And he's got a passionate niche audience around it who live for that. And he controls it because he knows his audience. He knows what they want. He knows what kind of content to deliver. And he knows where they hang out. And he knows what they want to see. It's easier... To pick a narrow band of interest and then dive in tightly to that, establish an audience and spread out from there. It's much harder to go in as a massive generalist and then niche down or try to get interest or an audience around something that's incredibly broad because your competition is going to be the bigwigs. They're going to the people who already have massive audiences. You have to give people a reason to want to come to you. All right, now we need to capture sparks of inspiration. Where do you get your content? Where do you get your ideas for what you're going to share up on that stage? You need to try to become a student of inspiration. As you start to think about the content that you're going to be expressing, sharing on your stage, whatever that is, you have to start looking at other people who are doing it who's your competition, what are they sharing, what are they being really successful with in terms of content? There is no new content under the sun, but what is new is your take on that content. The content that is successful through the filter of you, your experience, your point of view, your niche, how do you take that content inspiration and channel it through you and create your own point of view. You have to become a student of articles, of videos, of podcasts, of movies, print, the world, the news, anything that has to do with that subject that you're going to be sharing on. You want to look out there, see who's sharing it, what types of things they're sharing, how they're titling what they're sharing, and think about how you can be inspired by and what is your take on that content. It's all been done. What is your point of view? How are you going to get your ideas? And the next thing you want to do as you do that is you want to capture them on a list. I keep a Google spreadsheet that I keep open on in Chrome all day long. It's in my startup documents. It's always open because when I come across an article or a video or a podcast or a TED talk that I find inspiring and I have a point of view about it or I have a twist I can take on it and I, it sparks an idea or inspiration in me in order to develop some content around it, I capture it. I use Pocket, that app, I capture it, I tag it, and I'll go into my Google spreadsheet and I'll type in what my idea is. And I keep a running list of ideas for content. My idealist now in my Google spreadsheet just I think I counted it recently. It's like over 400 items long. And when I do content around something, I check it off and I move it to bottom and I click done. And I will periodically go back and revisit some content subject matter. But I'm gathering, collecting, and putting in things into that Google spreadsheet. So you got to capture and learn to capture sparks because those sparks, those things that grab you, are going to be the things that are going to grab your audience. Once you start developing content and once you start gathering an audience, you have to keep their attention because they will go somewhere else if you don't keep the content coming out and keep the interest up. So you need to become, in order to build an audience, you need to become a student of inspiration. Okay, the next thing is really hard. Building an audience is not easy. If you guys thought this was going to be a cakewalk, you're wrong. It takes time. It takes dedication. And this is one of the hard parts, which is you have to learn to create on demand. Most graphic designers, practicing graphic designers, creative professionals know this. When you work for an agency or a corporation, you have deadlines. You have to produce something by a period of time. And waiting around for inspiration to strike, like a fine artist, is not how developing content or building an audience works. You have to write, you have to design, you have to create and you got to be able to do it when you got nothing. Which is one of the reasons why I keep that inspiration spreadsheet on Google because when I got nothing, I go to that spreadsheet. Just ask any journalist. The best inspiration for developing something is a deadline. My dad was a journalist. He was a newspaper man his whole life and I lived with it. You know, when you got an editorial is due in tomorrow's paper, you got to get down to business. You have to learn how to create on demand. Here's a challenge I give you guys. If any of you are developing content or are thinking about developing content, this is it's a two-hour challenge. You have to come up with the idea or get it from your list. Write, design, record something that you know about. You only have two hours to do it, beginning to end, and post it. And you have to hit post. Sometimes when you give yourself a deadline, it makes things come out. When I have a newsletter deadline and it's Sunday night and it's due on Tuesday and I got a bunch of stuff to pull together for it, you sit down on the couch with the laptop and you rack your brain for that perfect metaphor story that's going to make your newsletter my newsletter. And sometimes it's really hard, but you got to cram it out. You got to learn to create on demand. All right. And then you got to create stuff. You find the inspiration and you got to create it. We are all creative people. Business people are creative people. They have to be because they solve business problems. So we got to create something blogs, videos, podcasts, tweets, Instagram pictures, Instagram stories, Instagram lives, infographics, Pinterest boards, reviews, interviews, writing an ebook, self publishing on Amazon, publishing a newsletter curating content. So that can also be just, and I'll talk about this a little bit later, promoting other people's work, developing lead magnets, checklists, listicles, things like that. You got to create stuff because if you're on stage, you got to be delivering something. And that's the stuff that you're going to be delivering. You're going to be delivering the creative content that is the lifeblood of the interwebs. This episode of the Brand Design Masters podcast is sponsored by Bring Your Own Laptop. BYOL.me is a top-tier Adobe application video training website featuring Daniel Scott. Daniel's a certified Adobe trainer and keynote speaker at the Adobe Max conference every year. At BYOL.me forward slash Philip, you can learn everything from the basics to advanced aspects of your favorite Adobe applications, all for one low monthly subscription fee. Visit byol.me forward slash Philip, P-H-I-L-I-P. Again, that's byol.me forward slash Philip. I just know you're going to be amazed at Bring Your Own Laptops courses. This is the big one. This is the big kahuna. And this is where 90% of people fall down. This is where 90% of people fail in developing an audience. You have to hit post. You have to hit submit. You have to put it up there and then you have to hit post. This is the scariest moment of your life. I'll tell you the story. When I started doing content, I had a Google blog. It was like Blogger. I can't remember what it was like their blog platform. I threw up a page. I sweated over this article. You know, I was just like pining over it. I was like, Drenched in sweat. I hit post and I was like just waiting for people to come out of the woodwork and criticize me and tell me that I sucked. And how did I ever have the right to publish anything? And what happened was nothing because I had no followers. And the same thing happened when I published my first YouTube video. The same thing happened, even though I'd been doing videos for three years, the same thing happened when I published my first podcast. Hitting post when you're putting yourself out there on a new stage to a new audience, is terrifying. End of story. Big T, terrifying. It is to be expected. It is the one hardest thing that you will do. But here's the thing. You only have to get over that hurdle once. Yeah, going live, I get terrified every single time I go on. But you just have to get over that hurdle. And every single time, you have to believe me in this because I've been doing it for years and years now, every single time you post, it gets less and less terrifying. It gets easier and easier to do. But this is the one place where most people lose it. Most people who want an audience want the return that they can get from developing following fall down because they can't hit post. Okay, now, if you're about to hit post and you're gonna do it, this is some helpful hints. Number one, whatever you put out there on your stage, you have to brand it. A lot of people forget this, like they do these great quotes and they'll post it on Instagram. They'll do this cool graphic and post it on Twitter or they'll do a a LinkedIn article and they won't put a picture of themselves at the end or the links to their website or they won't add their website links in their Instagram posts or their stories. Whatever you do, you got to add your logo, your photo, your company, your links, your website, your phone number, social sites. All that stuff, you got as much as you can within whatever the type of content is you're posting, but you got to remember to brand it because if you start being on that stage and people start paying attention, you got to let them know how to contact you. Here's the other thing. As your stuff hopefully gets a little traction, it's going to get shared and you're going to ask people to share it for you. When it gets shared, it's now out of your control and it's revolving around the interwebs all by itself. It's got to have your name on it. It's got to have your contact information on it got to have your website on it, your agency, whatever that is. You got to get credit for it. And if someone loves it, you want them to be able to contact you. The other thing is that every time this makes an impression is seen by somebody, you're elevating brand awareness. And if your brand isn't attached to it, you don't get the credit. After you brand it, you're about to hit post and you've hit post, you got to promote it. You have to Post it on one place, but then you also have to cross post it. You have to repurpose it. You want to post it on forums, you want to post it on groups, LinkedIn, Facebook. Get others to share it. Others won't share it unless you ask them. It doesn't happen naturally. You got to reach out to your audience and say, Hey, I just started a Facebook group. A lot of you here are in the Facebook group. Can you share it with your friends? They will share it because they know now that it's of value. So that's awesome. All righty. Then we got to make a schedule. Okay. You hit post. You got over the hurdle, wiped the sweat off your brow. Someone commented. You asked someone to share it. They shared it in their LinkedIn feed. They retweeted it for you. You got a few more followers. You got some subscribers on YouTube. You got a bunch of downloads on your podcast. Woohoo. Awesome. It's just beginning. We're just starting to craft that audience. Okay. Here's what you got to do next. You gotta make a schedule. You have to post consistently. It's like a comedian. Comedian gets up on stage and tells a lot of killer jokes. But then, after he's told 15 jokes and his audience is like, woohoo, they're laughing, they're really excited. He doesn't just stop and like cross his arms and stare or like go get a drink of water and then go to the bathroom and read the paper. You have to make a schedule and you have to be consistent. I'm not going to do it. But if I just cross my arms and stop talking for like two minutes, I bet half of the people in this thing would drop off. Why? Because you got to be consistent with the value that you're delivering. You have to keep your audience on the edge of their seat, interested in what's next, interested in your point of view. This is critical. Here's my saying. I say it all the time. Out of feed, out of mind. The second you fall out of the feed, you are out of mind. Someone else has taken your place. This is critical. Use Google Calendar, whatever calendar app that you use, and create a schedule for yourself. For me, for my newsletter, I have a repeating date, Tuesday at 9 a.m. post-brand muse. And you have to stick to it like a job. When I started my YouTube channel, what I did was I said, okay, and this is right before I posted my first one. I said, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I'm going to try to build an audience there. My audience is going to be creative professionals and entrepreneurs. And I'm going to teach them everything I know about branding, marketing, creative career development, and design. And I am going to post a video every week for a year, no fail. Every Monday at 1030 AM, I am going to post a video. And I said, I'm going to stick to it like a job. I'm going to act like if I didn't do it, I would get fired. And I did that for a year. And then I, and after I did it for a year, I did it for another year. And in over two years, I didn't miss a single Monday. Consistency is absolutely everything because you never know when that key is going to unlock. That YouTube algorithm or that Google search algorithm is going to turn in your favor because it's recognizing you as being a constant contributor. It builds credibility, because people see you're a professional. It builds authority, because people know, realize that you know a lot, and you're sharing a lot. And the other thing about it is that when you're building an audience, people will develop a hunger for what it is that you offer. The people who want to get content from you will start to anticipate that cadence of getting content and information, and value from you, and you want to deliver on it because it's going to keep them there in the audience. And it builds that authority, and the word authority has the word author in it, so you have to become an author. You have to build that credibility. And then, I touched on this a little bit before, you want to be consistent, and then you have to recycle. If you have a podcast, take that podcast, send it through rev.com, get a transcript, rewrite that transcript, turn it into a blog. Post that blog on your website. Post that article on LinkedIn. Post it on Medium. If you have a video, get that video transcribed. Turn it into an article. If you have an article, turn it into a listicle. Turn it into a checklist. Turn it into an infographic. If you have an infographic, turn it into a video. Turn it into an article. You see where I'm going? Take your content and repurpose it. Into another format because people consume and take in information in different ways. That's why I started a podcast because I realized that my audience on YouTube was generally younger than my audience, my newsletter. And my newsletter folks wanted information from me that they weren't sitting down at a computer and looking at in a video on YouTube. They were listening to everything on podcasts. So I moved into that medium. And anyone who's been watching and following me for a long time has also noticed that my first season, my first eight episodes are actually repurposed audio from my YouTube channel because I had interviewed a lot of incredible people and I'd done a really few, in my opinion, pretty cool solo episodes. And I I took that audio, I cleaned it up and I published it as my first podcast season because I knew that there were a lot of people who had never watched those interviews and never watched those solo episodes repurposing really really important people consume things in different ways some people like to watch some people like to listen some people like to read and when I reviewed how I was consuming I was like I'm consuming a lot more podcasts than I am video I was actually really frustrated because I was trying to like look at a couple of my own old videos just to like after I got some time away from them to see how they were And I have, and usually I have time to do that when I'm walking my dogs, but you can't like have a YouTube video going on your phone just to listen to it when you're doing that. It's like impossible. You have to hold it and you got leashes and all that sort of stuff. So it's like, I had to look at the demographic and how they were choosing to consume information and adjust for that. So anyway, that's it. Recycle. Now here's a really important one. This is a really, really important one in terms of building an audience especially when you are trying to build an audience from scratch. What if you have zero audience? What do you do? You use somebody else's audience. And how do you do that? You can guest post. So if someone's got a popular blog, you can write an article, say, I'll give you some free content, and it's on the subject that your blog is usually on. I'd love to guest post on your blog. I'd love to be a guest on your podcast. I'd love to be a guest on your YouTube channel for your interview. I'd like to offer free 15-minute course in your digital conference for free. You can leverage other people's audiences. You can, here's another idea, you write an article about somebody that you really admire. You take some sort of person who's like an influencer in the area that you really want to get an audience from, you write an article on them. And then you share it with them and say, hey, I wrote this article on you. Would you mind sharing it on your website? Would you mind sharing it on your Twitter feed? The link is going to link back to your blog. It's going to drive their traffic, their followers to your site. You can leverage other people's audiences. You can also hashtag things. You can at people. You can leverage other people's audiences when you're just starting out. Some of you know that a couple of my videos have gone viral, one in particular, a trend video. And that was because Design Taxi picked it up, really popular design website, put it on their front page for two days, drove like insane traffic to this video. My subscribers went through the roof. I leveraged their audience. And what happened next year when I did the next trend video? I emailed them and I said, hey, guess what? I did another trend video for this year. You know, you ran that last one, got a million views. It was obviously really popular. You want to run this year's too? And guess what? They did. They ran it again. It didn't do a million views, but it did like half a million views or something like that. I knew, I suddenly was like, oh, duh, leverage Sign Taxi's audience. It opened up this this door. You can also borrow credibility. And here's an example of this. You guys are familiar with John Lee Dumas, right? He's got the very popular podcast called the Entrepreneur on Fire podcast. When John Lee Dumas started off, he started off interviewing entrepreneurs. He was not an entrepreneur. He didn't have a big podcast following. He wasn't famous. He didn't have a lot of money. I think he had just gotten out of the service. And he started interviewing entrepreneurs with his force of personality in a very specific format on a podcast. And he, through association with the expert entrepreneurs that he interviewed on his podcast, He became known as an expert in entrepreneurship. He borrowed the credibility of his guests. And then, yes, he got crazy smart and he learned how to leverage his podcast in a really smart way and got really good at podcasting and promoting his podcast and growing his podcast and all that sort of stuff. But when he started off, he borrowed the credibility of his guests, elevate himself and to learn. And he freely admits that. I've seen him speak. He talks about it. And so if you're just starting off with zero audience, you can do the same thing. You can associate yourself with people who, and this, that's the beauty of the interwebs. When you start a podcast, you can ask a whole bunch of really influential people in your niche on, interview them, and then say, hey, I'm going to post this interview, your interview. Would you mind sending it out to your email list for me? And they will, I guarantee you. When someone interviews me on a podcast, I send that podcast out to my whole audience. So whoever interviewed me and was smart enough to ask me on their podcast, they get exposure to my entire audience. That's how you hit your ride. And then finally, engage. This is the most important part. And all of you guys in the Facebook group, the Brand Design Masters Facebook group right now, all of you guys know that I am trying my damnedest, <laughs> every second that I have, to engage in that group. I didn't just start it so it could run on its own. I didn't just pull the thing like a lawnmower and let it go. I'm in there engaging, starting conversations, asking questions, introducing people to each other. You have to start a real conversation. Because that's what deepens the relationship with your audience. And I'm going to use the comedian analogy again. When comedians are up on stage, they will ask questions of people in the audience. They will make fun of people in the audience. They will skewer a heckler in the audience. They connect with the audience. And they read their audience in how they are responding to what they are sharing. You have to start a real conversation. You have to learn what they like. You have to learn what they don't like. You have to learn and adjust. Word of mouth travels best. You have this opportunity to show your personality, to show your point of view, to show what you care about, what you love, the value that you hold inside of you that you can share without expectation of return with the hope that it will help somebody else. And that subliminal reciprocity will come back. But you have to engage with people. You have to take that leap, hit post, face that scary demon of posting those first few things. And then once that post happens and you get a comment or you get a follower, you have to engage with them. I have answered every single comment I have gotten on YouTube. I've gotten over 10, 15,000 comments at this point. I haven't checked recently. I've answered every single one. And a lot of times people in the comments are like, oh my God, you answer every single comment. And you're right. I do because I value every single person who took time out to watch one of my videos and then took the time to comment. If they take the time to comment and take the time to value my content, I value them and I will respond as thoughtfully as I can. And even if it's just, "Hey, thanks for watching." If they ask a smart comment, I will engage with them. Joselle, my moderator and my marketing assistant. That's how I met her. She was engaging with me in the comments of my YouTube videos. She was asking really smart questions and I was blown away by how closely she was paying attention to my videos and the types of questions she was asking and the points of view that she was expressing. I got curious about this person who was engaging so well with me and I went and I checked out her channel. That is what started my conversation with her and that's what actually started our relationship was my engaging with her in the comments and her engaging with me in those comments. Anyway, it's that particular story is like a case study in how you develop a relationship, and how you develop a close bond with an audience member. Oh, and the last thing I want to say is that by sharing, getting up on stage, finding a stage, finding who you're talking to, decide what you're going to talk about, you are letting people in. You're letting people get to know you. It is incredibly exposing. You are opening yourself up to criticism, but here's the thing you'll find out there are very very few people out there who are maliciously critical and the ones who have been with me i remember every single one cuz i'm so sensitive but the vast majority of people will appreciate the fact that you are providing value to them for free they will get to know you by being consistent and offering great value they will get to trust you and they will like you no know, like trust that's how it goes brand awareness Brand devotees developing an audience. So that's what I wanted to share today in terms of starting up and developing an audience. And I hope you like this content. It was totally fun for me to talk about. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for being here. I pray that you and yours are safe and happy and healthy and that you stay that way. Be creative. Join the Facebook group. And thank you so much for giving me your time today because it's really made my day. So I hope to see you inside and have a great time on your day and I will catch you on the flip side. Bye now. If you'd like to help support the Brand Design Masters podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you want to stay up to date on all our content products courses and live video shows head over to philipvandusen.com muse and sign up for the brand muse newsletter that's where we share all the latest news resources articles books and videos that we recommend to help you build and improve your creative practice personal brand and business that's philipvandusen.com slash muse m-u-s-e thanks again for listening bye for now